Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hello. Good morning. What a morning it is, Jennifer Owen Young. It's a very, it's a very chill day with nothing out of the ordinary. No news uh, whatsoever. None. Wow. Today is September thirteenth, and um, a very big announcement happened, which is that Audible is releasing a new series called Slayers: A Buffyverse Story. Jenny, uh, this was co-written and is co-directed by Amber Benson. <laughs> It takes place 20 years after the finale of the television series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (gasps) Cordelia is in the universe uh, in an alternate reality where she is a slayer. (gasps) (laughs) In addition to Charisma Carpenter, we've got James Marsters. We've got Anthony Head. We've got Julia Landau, Emma Caulfield, Amber, as aforementioned, James, Charles Leary, and Danny Strong as well as newcomer Leia de Leon Hayes. The series is premiering on Audible on October 12th, and we are here to tell you that we will also be here October 12th in this feed covering this episodic audio series. We are so excited about it. It is just announced today, so we are going to have way more to tell you. But if you have not seen the news, now you know it's all over our socials. It's all over everyone's socials. Go check it out. Uh, cannot be more excited to support this project. It fucking rules for so many reasons. What a thrill. What uh, a thrill to be alive in the time of Slayers, the Buffy first story. If you're a patron of ours, later today we'll be popping a little bonus episode in the Patreon feed for you, talking a little bit more about our feelings on this series and all that is to come. But um, hey, for now... Why don't you, Jenny Owen Youngs, tell us who won the Sexual Tension Awards from last week's X-Files episode 4, E-B-E. Yes, indeed. It would be my pleasure uh, to tell you everything because you deserve to know. In fourth place, with only 12% of the vote, sorry, it's Mulder and EBEs. (laughs) They didn't work hard enough. The passion is there, but uh, the people's hearts were not with you. In, perhaps the vote was split by the third place noms with 15% of the vote. It's Mulder and Deep Throat. Too much Mulder partnered about with various uh, aliens and alien adjacent government types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In second place with 32% of the vote, but all of my vote, it's Braidwood and Stefoff. Sexy, sexy. They definitely deserve their own Sex Files installment, if you ask me. (laughs) I mean, that doesn't seem like any of our business, but okay. (laughs) And in first place, with 41% of the vote, sometimes you just have to vote for something that's like a shooting star in the night, once in a lifetime, a Halley's Comet of noms. Who knows when you might be able to vote for this pairing again. It's Scully and believing wow incredible congratulations cannot wait to address the package of this uh trophy to believing one 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 believing yeah. way believing comma believing what would the zip, true what would the zip code for believing be would it be 
69420. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, hey, before we go into the episode, this is covering Miracle Man. We already taped the episodes for Darkness Falls and Tombs because we were live this weekend in Boston and New York City. If you came out to see those shows, oh, hey, yeah. thanks. It fucking ruled. Um, and the recording for Tombs is streaming. It is recorded. It is streaming. It is there for you if you want to see it. Bufferingcast.com slash stream will get you there. Uh, it'll be streaming for the next couple of weeks. So if you want to get it ahead of time, you can do that. And you can see us in our suits. And you can also see the giant stuffed animal elf that we gave to Rishi K. Shearway on stage. So, Oh, my God. But for now, please head on in to this episode where uh, the power of healing is high. Hallelujah. God has given me a special gift. Did he buy you all that jewelry, too? I think there's something missing in your story, Samuel. Do you doubt the power of God, ma'am? No. But I doubt the veracity of your claims. That's the EX files, not the EGGS files, and certainly not just the letter X files. A buffering rewatch adventure where we are watching and discussing every episode of the X files one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, ex wife of Kristen Russo. I'm in an amazing mood, and I grew up watching the X files. Eggs wife of Kristen Russo. I'm Kristen Russo, eggs wife of Jenny Owen Young. <laughs> and I've only ever seen 18 episodes of The Eggs Files. Today, we're talking about season one, episode 18 Miracle Man. <gasps> Miracle Man was written by Chris Carter and Howard Gordon, directed by Michael Lang, and originally aired on March 18th, 1994. This is the one, according to IMDb, where the agents investigate a ministry led by a man whose son possesses the power to heal and to kill with the touch of his hand. Producer Latoya Ferguson gives this episode a scary rating of one out of five. Hallelujah, praise gods. (laughs) Uh, She includes the caveat that she would bump this up to a two out of five for anyone who has... Religious anxieties. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I would like to say that Jenny is you. You really came with some big tent revival energy to this taping, if you ask me. <laughs> to be honest, watching Reverend Calvin, yeah, f- felt a lot. I was like, "Is that me? <laughs> is that what I'm like on this podcast?" In another universe, Jenny, you might be uh, leading revival. You know, leading revivals is that what you call it? What, yeah, I mean, many people, many people have referred to buffering as a cult. So <laughs> that's true. Actually, I guess we are doing that right now. Instead of laying hands, we're laying voice. <laughs> yes, 
receive our healing. Oh my God. Everybody just, words. that was it. They were like, and when did Buffering Goodbye. or Rewatch Adventure die? Uh, it was today, the day this episode aired. Well, if it is our fate indeed to die this day, I shall lay my hands upon us and we shall rise again, Kristen. <laughs> what did you think about this episode? Any big thoughts? Big tent revival thoughts? Big tent revival thoughts. I had fun. <laughs> I had fun watching this episode. Yeah. Uh, this was a good one. I was into it. Yeah. Nice case file of the week uh, with a little bit of the sort of myth arc stitched in, courtesy of CC, I'm sure. Wait, what's a little bit of the What is the little bit of the myth arc? Oh, because of Ooh. Samantha Mulder. I didn't recognize yeah. her. She just looks so unlike. You were like, who's that creepy girl? I was like, this doesn't look at all like the drawing I saw earlier in the season. You know what I mean? Like, how am I supposed to know that that is Samantha Mulder? <laughs> they should have cut. Kristen, connect me if to you see, <laughs> if you see a mysterious female with dark hair that Mulder repeatedly looks at in a sort of like hazy... Uh, longing, but yet confused mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. That is Samantha Mulder, whatever he, she may look like. He really does um, a great job at looking. Okay, so she was eight and he was 10 or something or 12. I 12. Think. Okay. He really does a good job of looking 12 when he is thinking about <laughs> Samantha Mulder. Like he literally, yeah. David Duchovny looks like he's 12 in those moments. So. Yeah. What can make David Duchovny slash Fox Mulder be reduced to his 12-year-old self. One, astronauts. <laughs> Two, Samantha Mulder. End of list. Yeah. I don't know. Salamandy hand uh, kind of got him there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was pretty excited about the Salamandy hand. Uh, yeah, I I like this episode for the reasons that you said. I also, and I, I know we're going to get into this, but I am really loving what this episode sets up for me and my relationship to Scully and Scully's relationship to her faith. There's a lot of layering of like, you just have to believe. And it's like, well, that's what Mulder has been saying the whole time, but he's not talking yeah, about yeah. God, you know? So I, I thought that a lot of that was done quite well. Some of it gave me a bit of a head scratch, but we'll get into those details inside the pod. First, let's revive Listen, somebody. In 1994, uh, paranormal procedural shows were not burdened with the obligation to explain and prove every little thing and mm -hmm. justify their plot decisions. That is clear to me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kristen, mm -hmm. take me to Kenwood, Tennessee, 1983, where there's been a fire. There's been a terrible fire. And a man holding a Bible... And toting a creepy child with himself. Creepy child. Walk up to a body bag, unzip it, and uh, the child lays his hands on this burnt, we understand, corpse. corpse. Now, this is many things, but, but before we talk about all the things that it is, I want to flag this. Mm -hmm. Latoya can correct me if I'm wrong. This seems, among other things, <laughs> like white nonsense. I feel like only white people are unzipping body bags and letting their children touch the cadaver within. Uh, I, yeah, that does seem, I mean, honestly, it's even pushing white nonsense. But yes, we'll give it it's white nonsense. It's just nonsense, perhaps. Well, LaToya, pending LaToya's approval. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is. Um... 
What I can assure you, Kristen, is that I will not be unzipping any body bags in this life or the next, let alone reaching inside of them. Um, I agree. I also will not be doing that. I, I That just did make me... I recently rewatched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original... Uh, infamous for the clear body bag, infamous for a lot of reasons, but one of them being the clear body bag that is uh, used on Tina, clear so that, of course, she can push her bloody little hands against it uh, to scare the shit out of all of us at home. No other reason for a body bag to be clear. Uh, well, imagine that a body bag, it's like, it's like opaque. It's like, it's like what you do to your bathroom window so that you can't quite see through it, you know? Frosted. Um, this seems like a great time for me to tell you a little uh, about a little email we got from a mortician <gasps> listener. Um, this Incredible. is, this is you not... are singing my song. <laughs> Go on. This is not related to this particular moment, but since there is a burned hand that grabs the hold of this tiny child, I thought, oh, this would be a great place to read Holly's email uh, talking about our conversation on Willis cutting off Dupre's three fingers to get the wedding ring. <laughs> Uh, so I just, I figured, you know, burned fingers, rigor mortis, fingers, potato, potato. I don't know. Sure. So sure. Um, Holly wanted us to know that this is actually so funny. Um, breaking rigor mortis in the hands and fingers is something that we do to anyone. It's very easy. There's a small amount of resistance. Uh, much easier than cutting off three fingers would just be to probably bend these fingers. They would not, they would not snap. Uh, that was not Holly's verbatim email. I kind of added some f- some some additional detail that was hopefully also accurate. Oh, I, okay. Uh, a tip, a tip. Holly leaves us with a tip. For the next time you're planning to steal your wedding ring off of your own dead body, just find some petroleum. <laughs> just find some petroleum jelly to lubricate the mm. finger. Slide that ring right off. No mess, no breaking mm-hmm. a sweat. So thanks. Yep. yep. Thanks, Holly. Same trick. Works on the living and the dead, you know? Just lube oh that God. shit right up. Indeed. Uh, well, it seems that young Samuel has lubed the soul of this burned man right back into his body. Yes. The uh, once corpse is now alive, and we cut to the credits. Jenny, you called this an X-File, but it it really isn't an X-File. Well, I thought I said case file. Oh, you did. Up. You did say case file. I guess anything is a case file. Yeah. Yeah. All you do is get a file and then <laughs> toss it on Mulder's desk. <laughs> so we open with this recording of the ministry, which is fun because it, you know, it's it's Mulder and Scully watching the tape, which I think adds. There's something oh, my about, God. Yes. Yeah. Scully's like, oh, Mulder, <laughs> you love showing me slideshows. Let me show you this little VHS I've prepared. And Mulder's like, don't come in here and try to toss a file on my desk while I'm snacking on sunflower seeds. I've already forgotten more about Reverend Calvin Hartley and Samuel Hartley than you'll ever know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we learn that Samuel is uh, has been, quote, healing folks as a part of this revival tent experience in Tennessee. But that the woman that we see on the table in the video is not healed and actually after this is rushed to the hospital and dies. The opposite is actually the opposite of healing is dying. Yeah. So what can you do after watching this little video and getting these details? But hop on a flight to Tennessee. Stat. There's a lot of mullets outside this tent. 
Uh, yeah, I'm literally I shocked. I am beyond not ready to go to that tent, but I appreciate that transition you just gave us. Uh, I have a couple of things before we get there, oh, Jenny. Um, sure, sure, number, sure. Number one, Scully says with her full chest, they have requested someone with a medical background. <laughs> now, <laughs> it's your jingle. This one's yours, but I would I would testify that I mean she conducts an autopsy later. Oh. Hit the jingle. Okay, the other thing that I had is not as important. Um, mostly it's just that Mulder is chomping so hard on sunflower seeds. And also, his hair is so spiky. And can someone tell whoever is doing David Duchovny's hair to stop trimming it? Like, weeks and months are passing yeah. and it continues to stay spiky and short. I am waiting for the growth that months of time would promise me. And it's not here. So, yeah, yeah, we deserve we deserve more hair yes okay now speaking now that's a perfect transition to your mullets jenny all right so yeah take me to the mullet tent Mulder's like i think i saw some of these people at woodstock and he's like Mulder, you weren't at woodstock (laughs) he saw the movie jenny uh uh we also get a very quick establishing shot that lets us know sheriff daniels loves his wife so we know this isn't going to end well for them. No, it's really not. I can't. Every time I think of his wife now, I just think of the drama of Reverend Hartley describing. Like, we see this wife like 14 times. And she's just a lady living her life. She's just a lady. She has some pain, okay? <laughs> the the way yeah. that this fucking reverend is like, her fingers are gnarled around each other. I'm like, sir, that's dramatic. <laughs> I saw her fingers, actually. I viewed her fingers, and they seem okay. Okay. Well, listen, he has a flair. He has a particular affect. This is the way. This is not an act. It's the way this man moves it's through, true. The, through the world. It's, true. it's how he experiences and it's how he communicates. Yes, that is that is fair. It is it is not an act. This man does deeply believe. And for that, I respect him. So we're inside the ministry now. We're inside the tent, and uh, Reverend Hartley is apologizing because a lot of people have come a very far away, some as far as Long Island. I loved that Long Island was one of the places (laughs) that was so far away from Tennessee. Um, And Samuel can't be there. They have to wait two days for Samuel to be back. Um, Samuel, he says, can heal you, but only if you believe. Hmm. Mulder also says... This is the part where they bring out Elvis. I feel like Mulder is always bringing up Elvis. It's true. He's brought Elvis up at least one other time inside of 17, 18 episodes. So Yeah, let's just keep an eye on that. Yeah, Elvis man is watch. preoccupied. <laughs> Add it to the abacus. Yeah. <laughs> click, click, too. Um, all right. So after the service, we learn that Revan Hartley actually doesn't know where Samuel is. Since this happened, since this woman died, he has not been able to find Samuel. Then we see Vance. This is who Mulder is calling the Elvis because we learned earlier that the man. Oh, he was referring to Vance. Yeah, I thought he was just like making a Elvis. Oh, I thought he was like this is the main act. Like Vance is the guy. I see. I see. I see. I would say more Roy Orbison. 
for fans. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He does have more of a Roy Orbison Dark glasses, vibe. all in mm-hmm. black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is Vance is the guy that was in the body bag earlier, mm-hmm. earlier, as, so far back, actually, 1983. But he is now part of this revival and a huge part because he is living proof, literally, that Samuel brought him back from death. Um, so it's a it's a big part of like, hey, where the what do you call it? Coffer? The coffers are full. Um, mm. A big part of why all of these butts are in those seats is the existence <laughs> and the life of Vance. <laughs> You're going to say those, these butts are in those coffers, which would be <laughs> a whole other thing. But we have a segment for that, Jenny. It's not till later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Vance, since since we're talking about Vance, I mean, this, this whole episode, I think probably par for the course of having an episode that is focused on healing the sick is going to really bump up against disability in pretty unfortunate ways in 1994 um, and probably uh, currently in 2023. But, you know, Vance A is portrayed as almost like the scary thing about this episode. If that were entirely based on the fact that he had been raised from the dead, that would be one thing. But they really if it were entirely based on the fact that he is literally poisoning people to death, that would be another thing. Yeah. Raised from the dead and poisoning people should be enough. But the episode really leans on the like hard quotes horror of his burns to be scary, which is problematic to say the least um and the you know it extends past that it's like we see you know a person in a wheelchair come in to be healed so that she can get out of that wheelchair we see there's close-ups on folks who are uh markedly disabled visibly disabled so there's probably a whole episode in there's actually a couple of episodes inset into this episode one is that and the other one jenny is like a conversation and a couple of listeners wrote in about this a conversation about the difference in like basically what Scully outlined in the opening clip, this idea of like my belief, my Catholicism, my Christianity is X, but this is wild. Like what happens in this tent and like the conversation right. around, you know, big tent revival versus Christian church and and on and on. And we don't have the space to get into all Scully. of Scully. <laughs> My dude, yeah, your dude was doing all the stuff that Samuel is yeah. allegedly doing. My favorite uh, Scully what moment in terms of like Scully being raised Catholic is when she gets, she is speaking of the coffer, when she gets the coffer and she's like, oh, clearly they need blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, dude they passed that I around like, in your Catholic church. never seen a collection plate? My, my uh, I, I grew up Catholic and my favorite part of going to church was that like my mom would give my sister and I a dollar bill each and we would get to put it in the basket. Like it was oh, like, yeah, that a was thrill. a part of my youth as well. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Very thrilling. Uh, so Mulder and Scully talk a little bit with Sheriff Daniels. And he kind of gives them the rundown. He says, um, you know, ever since Samuel started doing his good works, uh, They've been making a lot of money at this church. Hartley has a Cadillac for every day of the week. I'm just going to say one thing. Mm-hmm. If you can bring people back from the dead, it's my personal opinion <laughs> that you deserve a Cadillac for every day of the week. Please uh, yeah. drive them yeah. with joy in your heart. If Batman gets a whole... Doesn't Batman have like a whole arsenal of cars? Batman has a lot of rides. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not upset... 
about uh, this man having a lot of cars, but I will say a lot of Cadillacs specifically. Uh, this is leaning into like the Jim Baker of it all, which we will get a direct reference to later in the episode, which is like you, you, it's wild enough that you're saying you can heal people, but what's really fucked up is when you're using that for monetary gain. Like that's that's where it really bumps up against like Christianity, et cetera, right? Like if you're doing this because you want to heal people, whatever. But if you're doing this because you want a Cadillac for every day of the week and you're also, because the sheriff also says like not only does he have a Cadillac for every day of the week, but he is not putting any money back into the community where he's settled yeah, we don't we don't love that that's not great the Cadillacs I agree he can have them but he's got to also give back <laughs> Mulder says people want to believe in fact I have a poster in my office about it <laughs> yeah we get this quote from the sheriff it, does, it seems like uh, the math is a little off here Jenny 99% of the people in this world are fools and the rest of us are at risk for contagion that seems a little bit dramatic to me I don't I think yeah, I think he's got to revisit those numbers. Yeah, I feel like maybe... Sir, where are you getting your polling data from? <laughs> Could, just a cold calling. Are you a fool? Okay, tick. Are you a fool? Uh, tick. Um... <laughs> and we find out that no autopsies have been allowed to be conducted on the folks who died after Samuel laid hands on them. Chekhov's autopsy refusal, Kristen. <laughs> I tried to do a little bit of research on this because I was really curious. This is where, like, um, I need, like, the girls from My Favorite Murder. Like, I just need their cell phone numbers so that I could just text them and be like, yo, what do you guys know about, like, autopsies being disallowed for religious reasons when they're intersecting with major crimes? Because I... I have, respectfully, I have a very strong feeling that uh, a vast swath of people in our listenership have more information at their fingertips or in their brains already than with respect to my favorite murder. So can you women let us because know? I just feel like there are professionals out there. Yeah. Well, professional autopsy years. Hey, listen, I have respect for professional autopsiers, uh, which is their official title. But totally. I also love because this is listen. There are people who've done their whole uh, dissertation on uh, vampires. But For sure. guess what? We know a bunch about fucking vampires, too, because we've been swimming it's around true. in them. You yes. know, I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes... no, sorry. Respect <laughs> to the murder ladies. I <laughs> did not mean. I just meant, you yeah, know, I can we don't have answer. their numbers, but yeah. all of our listeners have our email address. That's all. <laughs> Um, please do let us know. Like, I I'm I'm mostly interested because I'm sure that this differs, like, you know, state to state, case to case, uh, sp space ghost, case to case. Um, yes. <laughs> but I'm curious about specifics. Like, are there cases that really bumped up against this and what happened? Because there's got to be some kind of a line of where, like, your religious beliefs no longer stand if you need if there's a, a crime. Right. If, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, cut to the cemetery. Another day, another exhumation. Eh, Scully? That's what the energy is so here. Elvis count and exhumation count are the same. Two Elvises, yeah. two exhumations. Only two? That feels like so many more. I don't know. I only remember the one where the body fell out of the yeah. thing. The body. The little alien guy. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the whole congregation, why do congregations have to be like this? Why do they got to slink through the woods with little lights and be creepy? You know what I mean? I, that, that, it doesn't have <laughs> yeah, to be so Yeah, didn't we scary. just see the kindred doing <laughs> yes, this? Like, yes. consider the optics. You can approach with lights from the woods and fog, or you could just like walk up in an orderly fashion. Yeah, just, just Not roll seeming up. like you're about to do a bunch of murder. Yeah. Um, the sheriff tried to keep it quiet. Mulder says there's probably a couple of believers in, uh, the sheriff's ranks because they found mm. out. Chekhov's. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> believers in the ranks of the sheriff's department. <laughs> um, okay. So Vance says, and this is another parallel of like, when we're talking about, Ha- believing and here's a question right Jenny because I think there's a huge parallel between this idea we've we've talked a lot about how we believe in the existence of extraterrestrials and the m- main reason that we do is because it seems foolish to think that we would be the only thing the only thing like us in the world uh, in the universe sure. excuse me and I feel like it's really not that far of a jump to apply that same thing, this is kind of what religion asks us to do, right? Like, generally speaking, it's saying, you're not the only thing. There's something is bigger than you. Something else is out there, you know? And yes, organized religion does a whole bunch of specifics around that. But like, to me, it just feels like this very interesting overlay of We know that Jenny and I are saying we know there's extraterrestrials where we really think there are because how dare we think we're the only thing. And I think to that same, that's also how I feel generally about the universe in a faith-based way is like, how dare I think that there's nothing bigger than me or nothing that I can't understand that is outside of my scope of knowledge. So that's it. That's my soapbox. Um, you can, I'm passing the coffer around, uh, patreon.com slash buffering cast. You can throw your dollar bills. (laughs) Jeez. That was my ministry. <laughs> All right. Uh, Just kidding, you guys. It's free. Right it's along. Free. I love you. Okay. Okay. This exclamation party gets broken up when it's revealed that somebody has spotted Samuel's car downtown. So off they zoop to a dive bar where Samuel has gotten into a bar fight, is all pummeled up, would like to finish his beer before getting arrested. This beer looked so good to me when mm. I was taking my notes. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, and he's he talks about this beating as penance he says a man gets too proud sometimes it does him good to get the crap kicked out of him saves god the trouble Hmm. that's pretty sad i felt really sad about samuel the whole time i felt these were wise words (laughs) but he didn't do anything like sam still you know just uh sure keeping him honest sure 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 but i just i felt like i mean i felt like the vibe is there's clearly like a massive conflict inside of this town, right? There's the people who believe and come from far away because they believe. And then there's the people who think the whole thing is a hoax and are very angry about that for all of their own various reasons. And it just feels like, I mean, by the end of this episode, it seems like Samuel, at least Samuel's ability to intone in certain things and to perhaps heal certain things is not a hoax um it's not a that's not a fake thing or at the very least at the very very least he is a believer in like whatever is happening and he feels like it's bigger than him and so just the idea of like this 
kid who from a very young age like had did or did not have this gift and was sort of inculcated in this way is getting the shit kicked out of him and believes that he is literally murdering people and that's his punishment yeah. for being too confident in a gift that's a fucking bummer for Samuel I, I felt real sad for this guy the whole time I feel that um one thing that I noticed that I feel like Again, optics, you know, mm -hmm. the sh maybe the sheriff, maybe the non-believers in the town would be a little more accepting of Samuel and Reverend Calvin if they weren't both wearing huge pinky rings. Yeah. The display of wealth is really, I mean, the pinky rings. Yes. Ignoted. I just have a hard time, like a pinky ring doesn't even feel like a display of wealth to me it doesn't i didn't and even it also mean it. doesn't I, feel like something that this like doesn't. you know kid with this kid with his like kind of like very mature looking chain and his like several huge gold rings like yeah. it just doesn't quite feel like there was just like one italian guy on the prop design who was <laughs> yeah. like no 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 i know how you signal wealth give that guy a pinky ring oh throw a yeah, chain yeah. on him too now he's loaded <laughs> Um, this is let me just google what year did the sopranos start oh my god <gasps> that had to be i want to guess i'm gonna say the sopranos started in 99 you nailed it <gasps> the pilot was ordered in 97 fuck yeah genius and it premiered in 99 natural talent Kristen russo has returned again incredible stuff um yeah, I did not mean to conflate pinky rings with wealth. I just was in my own head um, thinking sure. like a lot of the hatred, you know, I mean, the hatred would come at uh, these folks regardless, I think. But I think a lot of it is based on the fact. Look at this man's mansion. Uh, it's so big. It's pink. He's there. Really it looks speaking of Elvis. It <laughs> like I can't look at it and not think Graceland. Yeah, there's Graceland. Totally. Look at this Graceland. Kristen, Samuel really has something for everyone in a way that perhaps you know, trumps every case file of the week that has preceded him. He's got religion for Scully and he's got, I see the pain on this man. Oh my God. The pain of a lost sister. <laughs> it's on. Mulder is suddenly bought in. Yeah, Mulder really is. Mulder... This is Superman and his kryptonite, you know. Is it's Mulder and his sister. It's, yeah, it's, that's it. All you have to do is, I mean, cough Samantha, and that's it. He's he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine if this, imagine if this confrontation was taking place in a bar that, for some reason, featured a mantle adorned with various photos of missing children yeah. that Mulder could walk up to and brush lightly with his Stroke. fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So he, so he's also saying like, you lost someone at first. He's like, it's a brother or a sister. It's a sister. You lost her young. Someone took her away. And now like, this is when it really ramps up to a hundred because Mulder's not only getting, I see your pain. You lost a sister. He's getting drum roll a bright light. He's like, fucking, you can't arrest this guy. This guy has, needs another beer, actually. He's got to stay yeah, right yeah. I want to hear more about this pain, Mulder says. <laughs> yeah. Um, they take Samuel away. He's cuffed. And as he leaves, he says to Mulder, looking directly into his eyeballs, God watches over his flock. He gives us signs every day. Open your heart. He might just open your eyes. <sighs> Again, where do you draw the 
Lines, these lines are wiggly. Where do you draw the line, Mulder? You, you're going to believe in aliens and abduction? What about what Samuel's got to say? You believe in people who can heal and people who can see into the... Where do you... The, the lines are wiggly. It's gray in here. Kristen, mm. don't forget that you should always believe, but only when it's the truth. <laughs> That's true. This is actually a core tenant of uh, most organized religion. <laughs> All right. So, oh, my God, it's fucking plague o'clock. Jenny, let's go to the courthouse. Kristen. Oh, my God. Samuel just wants to go to jail. He just wants to be left alone and sent to jail so he can do penance. But Mm -hmm. no, no one will send him to jail. Everyone is insisting on a bail that Mr. Great Reverend Graceland can easily afford. And then friggin here come the locusts. Here they come flooding in and. We know that Vance rigged a very sophisticated <laughs> potato trail I can't to lure the, the locusts into the courtroom. But how did he work out the timing of this? And how does he work out the timing of the arsenic to m- ensure that it does not course through the veins of, of the individuals who have ingested it, causing them to die at exactly the moment that Samuel puts agree, his hands on agree. them or shortly thereafter. Yeah, the timing. What? I mean, Vance is absolutely, he's a natural talent himself. Uh, yes. <laughs> the potatoes kill me. Like, is are potatoes, Jenny, could you look up uh, what do, is are these even locusts? I thought they were grasshoppers, but uh, what are the, do they eat well, potatoes? They like potatoes? Of all things. Just imagine Vance, like, back at the Pink Mansion, like, hiding away, but he's got a little stack of potatoes and a tiny little knife, and he's just cutting them up real tiny, putting them in a Ziploc, taking them to the courthouse. Yeah. Locusts eat their body weight in food every day, (gasps) including potato. Oh, so there were a lot of... What else could could Vance have made his uh, little trail out of? What else do they eat besides potatoes? Maize. Oh. Great. Some hominy so, grits. Get some grits up there. Leafy greens such as cabbage, grass, Love that. broccoli leaves. This is a straight up the hungry caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> so what about ice cream cones? Hot dogs? <laughs> uh, the internet doesn't say anything about ice cream cones and hot dogs, but you know, why not just give it a try? Oh my God. Okay. So this onslaught of locusts slash grasshoppers, if you're asking me. Enter into the courtroom. Everyone is freaking out. Universal thing. People hate when bugs land on them. It's just universal. <laughs> Nobody likes being in a cloud of flying bugs. Christian, non-Christian, all denominations. It's something we can all agree on. Bug. Reaching across the aisle to slap a bug out of the way. <laughs> uh and then Samuel says something I'm always saying to you, Kristen, when we're having, you know, a misunderstanding. Does a serpent have to bite you on the ass before you understand? <laughs> well, does it? And I'm always like, actually, yeah. So Yeah, yeah. Send me that serpent. And then I'm like, release the serpents. Yeah. Serpents, follow the potato trail I left you through Kristen's air ducts. <sighs> Uh, all right, back at the office? Question mark. Mulder is reading from the Bible, uh, but you it's know, it's a I... hotel motel holiday inn uh, that yes. they're at. That's where he got the Bible, I assume. Oh, of course, one the in, nightstand, one in every nightstand. Um, Skelly says a few thousand grasshoppers. Thank you very much. I, wait, 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 I'm pretty sure that he's reading from the Bible for like a minute, and Scully says, "Why, Mulder?" <laughs> 
Sorry, that's the opening. Uh, Carry on. A few thousand grasshoppers does not a plague make. She says does not make a plague, but let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Then Scully gets, you know, softer because she has a very serious question to ask Mulder, which is, does this have to do with what Samuel said to him at the bar? Mulder's not ready. You know, sometimes when you need your partner to talk about something vulnerable, you have to try a couple laps around the track before you can get there. This is Scully's first lap. We'll get there. But Mulder's not ready yet. He hands her a no, file. No, he's like, <laughs> he shows her a file of people that Samuel apparently cured of various yeah. things. And Scully is like, medical evidence, harumph. Yeah. And then like, this is, okay, so I feel like this is a cool thing that Mulder says to counter the harumph of Scully, which is, okay, Western medicine, correct or incorrect, looks at the body in biochemical terms. Scully is like, yeah, and? <laughs> and Mulder's like, okay, what if you looked at the body as an electromagnetic system? And I just think this is interesting. And also last episode, we talked, we had this wonderful email from our listener, Laura, about like, we were like, oh, you can't zoom into a photo because it's already blurry. And uh, Laura was like, <laughs> counterpoint, you're only looking at this thing in one way. You're looking at it by how the pixels are, but there's more data there. And I feel like this oh, is yeah. kind of what Mulder's saying. And I think there's a really solid point to it. Scully's counter also valid. Okay, Mulder, say that Samuel could heal and kill by touch. If he could kill by touch, why would he want to do this? Which is very valid. I mean, this is the entire economy of this tent. Yeah, these are the these are the very people putting their money and butts into the coffers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then just then there's a knock at the door, rap, tap, tap, and it's Vance asking them to come talk to Reverend Calvin at Graceland. Hartley's insane pink mansion is how this location is uh, written in my notes. Yeah, yeah. Hartley is telling us that... So so Samuel was found... Hold on. LaToya wrote it exactly in her notes. Was found as an infant lying in the tall weeds of the banks of the muddy Mississippi. LaToya would like us to know that in case we were not aware, that is how Moses was found, on the banks of the Nile. Okay, so... The vibe is that Hartley found this baby who is a miracle baby and adopted him young. So he is, by all counts, Samuel's father. Right. He explains to Mulder and Scully that Samuel is a very, he's innocent, A, and he's also like an incredibly special person in that his power comes from his ability to feel. To him, a pinprick is a major wound, right? He's he's so mm. sensitive to everything, including the pain of others, the physical pain of others, and that's what gives him this gift that he has, um, which I think is a, I don't know, I, I just think that Hartley and Samuel's relationship, there's this money element that like gives it the ick factor, but like if you take out the money thing, I think that their relationship is quite beautiful, that like Hartley is really protective of Samuel and whatever, but then he's also like shuffling him out on stage to make money. It's, it's complicated is what I would like to say. Final statement, complicated. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just pregnantly pausing over here because I was thinking about how, yeah, okay, he shuffles him out on stage, but is his primary motivation heal. for Samuel to use his gift to heal people or is it to make money? Is making money the, you know, very 
useful byproduct right. of Samuel using an incredible gift. That feels more, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, and I, not to like point to the writers at this point, but it does seem like there's a little bit of confusion in the, in what the message is meant to be because no, if they're if they're handing around things for people to put their money in and that is to support them so that they can, you know, like survive and live and nobody's saying they have to live like this very basic life. I, I mean, I, like, I'm not saying it, um, but the, the episode is written in a way that is that they are they just have these massive displays of wealth, you know, immense amounts of cars, this mansion and so huge on. Huge pinky rings, <laughs> huge pinky rings and that they're not giving back in a monetary way to a community that might need it but it it doesn't I think that's why I'm I like sort of rounded the bend to like I feel complicated because emotionally and by the end of the episode still we are led to believe that Samuel does have some kind of gift that Hartley genuinely loves his son and genuinely like wants to allow folks to come in and be a part of this thing so it's a little bit complicated yeah. because if we found out that like Hartley was at the root of this or not at the root of the killing, but like manipulating people to believe, then it would be easier to be like, oh, that's fucked up. He was just like trotting out this kid for his own personal gain. But it's just complicated. You know what else is complicated, Jenny? <laughs> when you yeah, look up, what? when you when you look up, you're just an FBI agent trying to solve a case and you look up and there's your sister. She's just your little sister and a little red dress down in the yard. Yeah, I just oh, off he goes, off he goes. He's always a, he's always running <laughs> off. Scully's always like, God fucking damn it! There he goes again. Like, oh, he must have caught caught sight of his phantom sister or a little green man. Yeah, one or the other. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I would like to take one moment for the accent. So, you know, a lot of this is a show with a lot of Canadian actors, right? So any accents we're getting are they started as Canadian, translated through these are Southern. Mm. Just this one man who's standing outside fixing a car when Mulder runs outside. He literally says, they is no little girl around here. And I was like, sir, I think maybe we could have worked just a, a couple minutes more on that Southern accent. Just a, t- just a touch more. That's all. Um, <laughs> Mulder... Sees Samuel is pulling a full Cecil right now, smoking his cigarette, looking out down out the window. Um, yeah. Sees him smoking. Scully comes Do out. Yeah. Personal Kristen Kristen's opinion question: Can Samuel see the little girl? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Yes. Reverend Hartley asks them to come by come by the tent again. And uh, they do. And I am at first so struck by how different merch was 30 years ago. Oh, did you get a good look at the merch? I did not. I know there was merch, but. There are a lot of T-shirts with a photo of Samuel's face on them. Samuel's, um, the poster of Samuel that the church uses, I'm pretty sure is simply a garbage pail kid card, um, but with Samuel's face on it and Samuel's name <laughs> instead of like, I was like, the first time I watched the episode, I was like, what does this remind me of? And the second time I was like, I think maybe garbage pail kid cards. Are you looking them up? I am not. I was I was checking what the copy is on the trucker hats that they're also selling at this event, which just say it's a miracle. Which I can only actually read really in the tones of the Kimmy Schmidt theme song. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I'm wrong. The Garbage Pail Kid cards don't have the banner the way that I thought they did. They're just a little okay. oval with the text, but whatever. Okay, free soda pop upon entry. Ooh, really? Man, you were yeah, so that's... you were so ready to party in this tent. You were like, "Let me have some of that merch. <laughs> Give me some soda." Yeah, <laughs> they're pouring what appears to be diet Pepsi, and I'll tell you what, Kristen, what a great drink to put arsenic in. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm a very special lady that you're going to put in the front row, just like fucking Eve eleven and twelve or whatever the fuck they went for the soda too. Yes, soda. Oh yeah. Put put your Perfect poison in for soda. poison. Yep. <laughs> The, the X marketing Put campaign. your poison in soda. Yeah. 
Need something for your poison? Try Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So Samuel is there. Samuel is in the front row. Mulder sees his sister and leaves Scully alone on the fucking pew, if you can call it a pew when it's a tent. Runs after his sister. Meanwhile... Samuel lays hands on this woman in the front row who we've seen exchange conversation with Vance at the start, right? So, like, we see, I've yeah. seen this connection. He was like, I'll make sure that you get a spot up front, enjoy this soda, there's arsenic in it. <laughs> yeah, the perfect dose uh, so that when Samuel lays his Perfectly hands on timed. You, yeah. This is horrible. Um, like, uh, you know, we're like making jokes about Vance and his timing of arsenic. But like this scene with but, the uh, parents. Just to be clear. Yeah. Poisoning someone is bad. <laughs> poisoning and we don't someone like is. It, and it's very upsetting. Really bad. And it, there's just something extra devastating about the setup of this scene where her parents are behind her. She starts gasping. Scully, I don't know if you know this, but Scully is a medical doctor. So she oh. rushes over and says to get She's an ambulance. Got her stethoscope out. Yeah. Um, but this this girl has died um, already before the ambulance gets there. Um, this gives Vance an opportunity to march outside of the hospital saying things like, if you desecrate the body, then you slay the soul. Um, what he, what you don't hear is the fine print, which is if you uh, do an autopsy on the body, you will find out I've poisoned it. <laughs> uh, uh, medical doctor Dana Scully appeals to Margaret's father. Please, please, please. Can we please perform an autopsy? Would you feel content laying your daughter to rest without knowing her true cause of death? Question mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and these parents uh, have a conversation and they ultimately decide to go forward with the autopsy. Before that, there's a little exchange between Mulder and Scully in the hallway. Uh, Mulder asks Scully if she thinks that Samuel did it. And she says no. And she explains. I was raised a Catholic. I have a certain familiarity with the scripture. And God never lets the devil steal the show. You must have really liked The Exorcist. One of my favorite movies. Special Agent Dana Scully said, The Mystery of Faith. Jenny, uh, Special Agent Kristen Russo also says, Significant eye contact, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> This is, remember I told you, when you have an intimate relationship with somebody, sometimes you got to circle that track. You got to circle it a couple times. Scully says, who were you chasing? Is it your sister you keep thinking you're seeing? And Mulder says, I've seen her twice now. Scully, mm, not really leaning into allowing for trust, says, imagine a miracle and you're halfway there. We learned that in med school. I love finding out what Scully learned in med school and what the first thing is you learn at the academy when you're becoming an FBI agent. <laughs> Imagine a miracle and you're halfway there. And that honestly sounds like a line in a Broadway musical <laughs> from like the 1960s. Sure. That would have jazz hands then. Excellent. Um, I just, for the listeners at home, Jenny did just do jazz hands for me, the only person who will ever see that. <laughs> well, I was putting their energy into the pod. Um, 
okay, yes. But also this concept, I think, because I don't really remember exactly how Scully says it, but I feel like she says it kind of like, imagine a miracle and you're halfway there like to disprove the existence of miracles. Yeah, well, she was saying like that um, people who want you to believe that they can do something or communicate with mm-hmm. someone on your behalf or whatever, rely on you wanting to believe. Interesting. And I also think there's something to like, I don't know the science behind this, but I know that there are studies about, uh, you know, things like even laughter, right? Like how laughter can help healing, how, you know, like that, that our emotions mm. and the way that we um, move through the world actually does have a like physiological component. And so again, just like calling out wiggly lines, like where, what is a miracle and what is science and where is the line between those two? Because it seems like science is full of a lot of miracles, if you ask me. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God. How? How many times How can I help you? in the history of autopsy scenes have we started with a knife sharpening? Why yeah, did Scully, they make this Scully ch- looking like me when I'm getting ready to chop the potatoes? <laughs> because you want really want the locusts to come over? <laughs> yeah. yeah well, what, I don't always cook for locusts, but when I do... <laughs> I just, I, Mul- sc- I love how Mulder is like so squeamish in this yeah. scenario. Yeah, me too. <laughs> She's like, Mulder, look at this. And he's like, do I have to? <laughs> um, Like calling back to, was it Squeeze, right? Where he's like, how do I maintain my outer co- cool, my but cool also exterior. get this fucking goop off of my hands? Um, yeah. I just, I scream, I have two screams at the start of this scene with the autopsy, which is the knife sharpening. And also all capitals. Why is Scully doing the autopsy? Since when does this medical doctor have the credentials to do a fucking autopsy? That seems like a different have kind we of not, field. Have we not seen her do an autopsy before? I don't think so. She was messing around with that alien body one time, but that was about it. Oh, yeah. She did the alien autopsy. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, maybe this is speciest of me, but I just really thought maybe the protocol for alien autopsy was a little less regulated than I think you're a medical doctor. You know where all the stuff is and what it should look like. Just can cut it out of a body? Is this true, medical doctors? Please write to us at hello at bufferingcast.com. Can Dana Scully do an autopsy? She does. Well, she can and she does. And she (laughs) discovers cellular hypoxia, Mm. which is caused by sodium or potassium cyanide. A little arsenic. Yep. She doesn't say any, there's no indication of whether old lace was involved. I was going to say, was there any lace involved? Why old lace? Yeah, kill just, both, somebody kill both of us. It's, it's arsenic and old lace. And old lace? I thought it was just arsenic and lace. Yeah, well, that's because you're old. So you're just like, it's regular. <laughs> it's, just, it's just all lace to me. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to prison so that Mulder can visit with Samuel. And try to convince Samuel that actually he is innocent. Mulder clearly has not tangoed with like uh, the, the religious guilt and its power because he's not going to convince Samuel that he is innocent. No. Anyway, about my sister. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen her. Is she alive or is this a trick? And Samuel's like, you mean a trick of the devil? And then Mulder is like, Guard! I literally, I was literally like, Mulder has never been this angry before. Like, nothing has made him angrier than 
this sister manipulation that he feels is happening. I mean, I don't think Samuel is really being manipulative, but that's how Mulder feels. And he's so mad. Then this is also fucking awful. There's a lot of really awful shit here uh, coming from all angles. The sheriff's department has cleared for two folks to go into Samuel's cell to kick the shit out of him and actually they wind up killing him. There's a real choice made here on the shot that we see as we are leaving the cell, which is uh, Samuel has both of his arms up on the prison bars in a full crucifix pose. You know... I guess I just like to really understand... I don't need the message to be like clear, clear, but it just feels like the message of this and this has been not uncommon for this season of the television show so far. I'm confused about what the message is, you know? It seems to me. Mm -hmm. Are you drinking muscle milk? No, I'm drinking Owen. Only what you need. Oh Oh my God, Jenny, only what you need, Youngs. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord, let it be so. All right. Um, to me, it feels like the script is saying this guy has power of some kind. Mm -hmm. You know, and Mm. I feel like with the apparition later. Mm-hmm. and this pose and everything else that's going on it seems to me like the script is just saying like yeah this guy is connected to god and he has a gift from god and he is doing god's work on earth yeah i guess that's and, true and thus here is the here is the jesus-y silhouette thing or like or like you know i mean maybe i guess it could be extra complicated too uh, which is just like Maybe the script is saying that Samuel is a person who does have some kind of power, some kind of like uh, extreme empathy power where like his ability to feel things so deeply gives him the ability to heal and perform what would be commonly referred to as miracles. But then how is that taken and uh, co-opted in ways and also like challenged in other ways. How does it make people feel like, I guess Samuel could have that power without them needing to also say like, this is a God, like this is God's power, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think there are plenty of episodes of the X-Files where people to have powers that come from, yeah, you know, according to the show, some other place or from an unexplained place. But this is a little episode about a young man with a direct line to <laughs> Jenny's um, taken her headphone cord and strung it across the screen in an anxious way of I don't know how to finish this sentence. I didn't feel anxious. He's he's just got a you you're yeah, you're the other honestly I thought what you were gonna do in that moment was um take a turn into Denise Richards uh opening lines uh, from Drop Dead Gorgeous where she's like there's a fella I know blah 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 
And his name is G O D. Oh God! If you haven't seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, please immediately go and at least watch Denise Richards sing "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You." Sing is very generous. Uh, while she wheels a crucifix with Jesus on it on her back and runs back and forth across stage as her performance for the yeah. Beauty Queen show. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Okay, at the sheriff's house, uh, there's. A cop there to say, hey, there's been an incident uh, down at the jail. The preacher boy is dead. Uh, the sheriff says that Sam picked a fight with two DUIs. He refers to them as a couple of rowdies, which is how I would like to refer to us moving forward. Just a couple of rowdies. Yeah, just a couple of rowdies. Scully tells Reverend Calvin that she's sorry for his loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's looking directly into Latoya's soul as she does so <laughs> to indicate to Latoya that she does care about the people who populate her various case files. <laughs> and then Mulder's just like staring, you know, somewhere. And she, Scully says, you've got that look on your face, Mulder. And he says, what look is that? And she says, the one where you've forgotten your keys and you're trying to figure out how to get back in the house. Jenny, I'm doing it. I'm calling for significant eye contact a second Mm. time. Mulder steps on a bug inside of the courtroom, looks up, sees them in the vent. And this is where I get the very fun note, uh, trail of potatoes. I was like, man, if you ever brought me back and just gave me that one little note, would I know? Would I remember? Trail of potatoes leading to the vent, of course. Now all they need to do is find out, like, who ordered potatoes. I don't know. Uh, Mueller sure knows an awful lot about buying locusts. Is he on the suspect list? (laughs) (laughs) He is now. Well, yeah, they have to figure out who actually ordered the locusts. Right, not the potatoes. That makes sense. Uh, Elsewhere, over over at Graceland... Vance awakens to the ghost of Samuel. Yo, the movie Ghost came out in 1990 and they have used the same effects. This is like literal mm. Patrick Swayze ghost where it's like the person, but they're, they bring the opacity of the person down by like, you know, 25%. Yeah. And then they, and then they're like, outline. enhance. <laughs> yeah. Ghost hands. Ghost hands. Ghost hands. Ghost hands. Ghost hands. Um, <laughs> I was dead, says Samuel, but here, I honestly, listen, I don't know what it's like to be a ghost, and maybe I shouldn't wish for things I don't understand, but I just feel like part of me really wants to be able to say to somebody, I was dead, but here I am. Why did you betray me? (laughs) Yeah, I think the number one takeaway for me of this episode is don't betray anyone, just in case. Just in case. Because the last thing I want to do is wake up with the you know, semi-opaque form of a dead person that I know standing there looming, asking why I betrayed them. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that ranks up there high. I mean, Latoya gave this a one out of five and said if you have, like, religious reasons, it might be a two. But I don't know. Now that we're describing... What if you have ghost what reasons? What if you have ghost reasons? What if you've betrayed someone and now you have to worry about them hovering over Ooh. your bed? Uh, he says, why did you betray me? You murdered those people. Why? After I gave you back your life. And Vance, unfortunately, says, you call this life? Yeah, this is a bummer. This is a bummer for all the reasons we talked about before. 
Also, it just like doesn't necessarily track because, well, I don't know. I mean, it's just like there's no way that they forced Vance to be a part of the congregation. You know, like it seems like that would be something that Vance would have elected to do, maybe for financial gain. Maybe he feels like he doesn't have anywhere else to go. Who knows? But um, just it's just this is a really extreme choice for Vance by all accounts. You know what else is extreme? What's that? When Mulder and Scully and the sheriff arrive, <laughs> Reverend Hartley answers the door and says another thing I hope to have reason to say at some point. What in tarnation do you want? <laughs> tarnation? You know, what is tarnation? I don't know. Please find out because I had the same thought just now of like, wait, what even is this word? Hmm. Used? <laughs> oh. The meaning of tarnation is damnation. Oh, like what in damnation do you want? Yeah. Or, you know, it can the, the usage example from Oxford is tarnation. If Teddy had been elected, we'd never have come to this. Oh, it's like a curse for people who don't want to curse. <gasps> oh my gosh, is damn as a swear an abbreviation of damnation? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, oh, my mind. Just, you know what, Salvin? My, my pupils are dilating. <laughs> my skin is cleared. <laughs> my hair is more lustrous than ever. <laughs> this information. Oh my god! Like a shot. All right, they've into got. My veins. <laughs> well, Jenny recovers. I'll let you know. They have a warrant for Vance's arrest, the pesticide purchase. Oh, they weren't. They they were tra- tracing the pesticide, not the locusts or the potatoes. It was the pesticide. Uh, right. No, I totally knew that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, they go to Vance's room and Vance has taken his own poison. He didn't even. This is sad. He didn't even put it in soda for himself. He just put it in water. Oh, no. I, like, what he is didn't cyanide? One last little treat. Oh, well, cyanide apparently tastes like almonds. Oh, that's Bitter terrifying. almonds. Hmm. Bitter almonds? Okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Um, Put that in some, some pop, sir. Yeah. So he is dying, um, and he says as he's dying, beware of false prophets. This is confusing. He says, beware of false prophets. I thought that's who he was, Samuel. Um, because why else, and again, unfortunate, would he bring me back? But then he says he was here, Samuel, and he forgave me, and then he oh. dies. So I don't know how to feel about this. Um, it, there's a lot of very complicated things happening, many of them problematic. Uh, we wish that Vance did not murder people, and we also wish that Vance did not feel that he needed to die. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's weird that it's weird that Vance was like, I don't mind murdering some people to get Samuel to stop performing miracles, but now that I see he was performing miracles, I will kill myself in penance. Yeah. Question mark. It's a big. There's a. It's a little muddy. It's a little muddy. Uh, It's it's uh, the only thing muddier is Scully's uh, diary entry, which is the most confusing part of the episode for me. (laughs) There were definitely never any miracles performed in Kenwood, Tennessee, except all the people who were healed, and I've seen the medical evidence. But I insisted that there are countless 
cases, reports of people spontaneously healing. Oh, really, Scully? But were all of them after they were touched by one young man? Yeah. Like, it's just, she says, the whole diary entry is about Vance. That she says, Vance, again, a stretch, contrived to kill the ministry's faith in Samuel. That's That was his method. Um, mm-hmm. So he's he's done the infestation. He's done the poisoning. His conscience, she says, haunted him until he became delusory or whatever and took his own life. In light of this information, it is highly doubtful there have ever been any miracles. Ha- that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm mad. But hey, Samuel's body is gone. It's not at the morgue, so we've got something to distract us. Oh, my God. The night nurse said she saw him walk out himself. The sheriff is so mad. Oh, my God. Daniels is so pissed. He's like, this is a bunch of poppycock. He doesn't say that, but like he basically does. Hooey. A bunch of hooey. He says he's not going. This is a, like a moment that hurt me, even though it had nothing to do with the episode, because he says, I'm not going to listen anymore to this woman's crazy talk. And she says, I'm not crazy. And I was like, ow. <laughs> ow, being a woman for 42 years just hurt in that moment. <laughs> Uh, having nothing to do with seeing the corpse of Samuel walk out or not. Um, then Daniels, okay, then Daniels is outside his house, like, thinking. Uh, and then he, then we're inside, and his wife is looking at this. Samuel, his body disappeared from the morgue vibe, right? Yeah. And she is like, this isn't true. He was a fake, right? Like, Samuel was a fake. Wasn't he Maurice? And then she's like, wasn't he Maurice? And we're all like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> Maurice, Star Wars meme. You, yeah. <laughs> Maurice, you're fucked. And then he really is fucked because oh, yeah. he, played, he played a part in um, Samuel's death. Oh, yeah. It's not going to end well for Sheriff Daniels as... We knew from Chekhov's <laughs> loving husband doting on his wife as she sat in a vehicle scene from the beginning of the episode. Oh, my God. So the tent is being... <laughs> I'm jumping ahead and we can go back. But I just... I saw my note saying the tent is being taken down and only thought about my last note, which is the Samuel Heels posters are just in the trash. Like, how rude. Samuel... <laughs> Was just killed. He was literally so important to your church. He was just killed, and you just threw the whole big posters in the trash. Not it's cool. Not what I would do. Same. You know. So there's an exchange. Yes, please, Jenny. Jenny has jazz hands are back up again. <laughs> okay. Mulder and Scully, getting ready get in their car and drive back to Washington, D.C., to the mm-hmm. J. Edgar Hoover building, mm-hmm. to Mulder's office, mm-hmm. to Mulder's filing cabinet, mm-hmm. to Mulder's little slideshows. And Mulder's like, I think people are looking for miracles so hard that they make themselves see what they want to see. And then he immediately sees Samantha Mulder reflected in his car window and whips around. 
This is a theme, right? Like this is two, yeah, two episodes in a row have in different ways hit this theme that the last episode we saw was EBE, right? Uh, Extraterrestrial biological entities. Where in which Scully was like, Mulder, your ability to believe is being used against you. You are being manipulated by your, like, you know, uh, ease at which you would like to believe. And it's the same thing, but being hit from like a different angle in this episode, which I think is really cool because I don't know if you remember my diagram um, last week, Jenny, but my diagram was very complicated and it really (laughs) illustrated how the truth is actually in between Mulder and Scully. You you have to believe more than Scully, but less than Mulder. And that is where you find the truth. Yep. Yep. Mulder went to the poster store and he saw one poster that was like, the truth is halfway in between you and your skeptical partner. So keep believing, but maybe tone it down a little bit. And then he saw another poster right next to it that said the truth is out there. And that one had a UFO on it. And he was like, sweet, I'll take it. (laughs) Well, Jenny... Um, gee whiz. I just want to know what happened here. Samuel could perform miracles. A cab. Uh, Vance murdered. Don't spend too much money if you believe in God. <laughs> spend just enough. Just enough. Spend <laughs> right in the middle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cut yourself off at one Cadillac, one Cadillac per day of the week. Samantha Mulder is so annoyed that she's still wearing that red dress after all these years. Those are the things I, I know, picked right? up on from this episode. Yeah. And also science, miracles. Where is the line? Well, speaking of science, miracles, and miraculous science, I guess. Let's head on over to the Sexual Tension Awards. Great. Welcome back to another installment of the Sexual Tension Awards. We've rounded up some compelling noms and stuffed them into a variety of slots for this week's contest. Uh, Let me tell you all about it. In slot number one, this is just some good old-fashioned you know, non-denominational, earthly coupling, two BFFs in the workplace. It's Mulder and Scully. Two significant eye contact jingles. They're going to watch The That's Exorcist right. together. Yes. Double Which feature. Always ends in sexy time. <laughs> Double feature. E.T. followed by The Exorcist. Everybody's oh favorite things. Imagine how insufferable Mulder would be watching E.T. Oh. He'd be like, actually, it's E.B.E. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in slot number two, have you ever been so into someone that you just wanted to consume them? Well, wow. the residents, the occupants of slot two can understand your feelings. It's grasshoppers and potatoes. Oh, they fucking love potatoes. It's slot number three. It's a combination as iconic Ooh, as, taco as peanut Bell butter and, and jelly. Uh... What? I was going to say it's Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would say Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, you know, are more like 
they're not going to come to a blissful union. Mm. They're just going to cohabitate. You mm. know what I mean? They're ro- they were roommates. They're roommates. Okay, sure. At uh, the combination pizza and Taco Bell. <laughs> but it's not number three, as I was saying. It's an iconic duo. That you could not name one more than this, perhaps. <laughs> a big tent and revival. <laughs> Yo, the circus is pissed. Pissed about this nomination. It believes it might have more attention. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more of a big top, you know? Oh, okay. Points, so there's room for everybody. Points were made. Wow, it's what number is four. sexual tension awards if not big tents and big tops? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Mm, in slot number four. You know when you meet that special someone and it just feels like they like click into you like a puzzle piece? Like they were formed... The things Jenny is doing with her pointer and middle fingers of both hands are absolutely X-rated. They were formed specifically to just like complete you. That's the kind of that's the kind of partnership we're talking about in slot number four. It's butts and coffers. <laughs> And it's slot number five because I can because wow. I'm incredibly powerful and wow. I do whatever I want with what the sexual the tension awards. Uh-huh. In slot number five, this this duo has been getting you know a lot of play this episode, and they don't often. So I wanted to include them in this roundup. Mm-hmm. It's me, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Anton Chekhov. <laughs> wow, you know what? You really did earn that this episode. Yeah. I've never yeah, heard yeah. anyone say Chekhov's fill in the blank more times than yeah. you in this episode. We deserve it, but also vote with your heart or your loins or, or your both. brain or whatever you like to vote with. Mm-hmm. Vote with your tentacles. And you could do that by going to bufferingcast.com slash STA. That will forward you right on over to the current sexual tension award poll. Which, if you act now, will be this one. So, come, vote, and we'll be very grateful if you do that. Could you do that? Thanks so much. Okay. Kristen, it could be said, mm. it could be said that Chekhov likes to give each and every one of us our own little crystal balls to, you know, give us a heads up on what's to come. Jenny, any questions from you? I am at this moment questionless. I have so a question you have for myself. I mean, my crystal oh. ball, which is okay. Dear crystal ball, every time I see Samantha Mulder, will she be wearing this red dress? Crystal ball said, absolutely. Results are certain. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Emily, our listener, Emily, you can ask the crystal ball questions in case you don't know this yet. Just You just email crystalball at bufferingcast.com. Um, it's the first crystal ball in history to have its own email address. Emily, our listener, wrote in, Dear Crystal Ball, right now there are only two starring actors in the credits, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Do you think any other actors will be added to the main credits? No. 
I okay. wanted, like, I wanted to to be like Deep Throat or The Smoking Man, but like the crystal ball said no, so I say no. All right. Uh, okay, Jenny. The third question I'm choosing for the crystal ball uh, comes from our listener Kasima. Kasima, dear Kristen's crystal ball, which men writing women tropes do you think our beloved Dana Scully will be subjected to throughout the series? I asked, there's a little Discord channel these days called Kristen's Crystal Ball where I can, you know, give it a signal boost. I send the questions into the Discord channel and it boosts my Crystal Ball's power for prediction. Mm. Um, I would like to read some of the tropes that uh, the Crystal Ball channel thinks we may see. Stacy thinks that Scully is going to date some jerk who may or may not be an alien. And refuse to believe Mulder that this jerk is bad news until he tries to kill her. Amazing. Zomino says, I'm thinking that Mulder will date someone that Scully doesn't like, and she has proven right. Woman v. Women. Woman v. Woman trope. Nice. A lot of concern about who Mulder and Scully will be dating. Why not each other? <laughs> And then uh, Maria also opined that uh, probably there'll be some kind of taken over by a succubus and get super flirtatious with some male, probably Mulder. And then that person will have to that person or Mulder will have to save her. Um, My crystal ball, Kristen's crystal ball, uh, suggests that the women being that like the Scully's cattiness with other women who are interested in Mulder will be the biggest trope that we see. And it is also to answer your second question, which one do I hope not to see would be one of the ones that I really wish that I, I wish that I'm wrong. I hope that I, me and my crystal ball are wrong and that we don't get a ton of cattiness. I mean, you know, coming out decently strong with the episode where we met Phoebe Buffet. What's her name? Green. Yep. Oh my God. Rachel Green. Phoebe Buffet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. Yep. You know, because like Phoebe had an attitude with Scully, but Scully was pretty chill for the most part. So... It's true. Maybe, Scully maybe has nothing to prove. my crystal ball and all of us will be proven wrong. That would be a delight. Do you think Deep Throat was just like eating some popcorn, watching a movie for this episode? Like, absolutely did not concern Deep Throat at all. He was at a baseball game. Uh-uh. Well, Kristen, I would say the status of this X file is in danger of contagion from ninety nine percent of the people around it, whom are fools. Wow. Look out. Do you want to do <laughs> Do you want to do something a little fun before um we leave the episode today, Jenny? I like fun. Our listener Anne sent us uh, a link to listen to the X-Files theme song in a major key? Is that what it Am I saying it right? Major uh-huh. key? Yep. And yep. so I've sent it to you, Jenny. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play it for everyone here so they can also listen to it. Uh, but I would love for you to listen to it right now and just give us your thoughts. Okay. I'm going to say three, two, one, and then hit pl- and then say play and hit play. And I'll okay. give you my director's right. commentary while it's happening. Perfect. Three, two, one, play. No. <laughs> no. I can climb a mountain. 
take your antidepressants and you'll feel better. Everything's gonna be okay. Don't worry about the aliens. <laughs> Everything is gonna be fine. Your coworker thinks you're cute, and you guys might end up together. Your sister's fine. She's on a nice ranch in Montana somewhere. Growing older, not wearing a red dress anymore. Yeah. Wow. 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 The first are you reading the first it's a Tumblr post and there's a like a uh, <laughs> here's the episode description. Coming up this week on Mulder and Scully. Scully joins a book club and <laughs> Mulder gets lost in Walmart. <laughs> Oh, Tumblr, man. Listen, maybe it's still a great place. I don't know. But boy, was it a great fucking place. I had a great time wow. in that yeah, land. Yeah, this is good, actually. We'll uh, we'll link this in the show notes in case you'd like to hear this many, many times. But I really, I don't, I think it just got way more iconic with your um, accompaniment, Jenny. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Very kind of you to say. <laughs> what a delight. Well, friends, with that, let me remind you that I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching The X-Files or Buffy or podcasting about them with Kristen, I'm usually making music. I have a new album coming out called Avalanche. It's coming out September 22nd. few of the singles are out already. You can hear them wherever you stream music. You can pre-order the album, and you can get tickets for my fall tour. I'm coming to Nashville, to New York, D.C., Philly, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. You can get all the info at JennyOwenYoungs.com, and you can find me on all the social places at Jenny Owen Youngs. Are you going to eat sunflower seeds while you drive to Seattle just for fun? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to definitely have some orange spray paint in the trunk. Uh, a couple of stopwatches in the dash. A dozen everybody. Yeah. I'm Kristen Russo, and when I'm not making sure that my two trunk stopwatches still work, I am usually... <laughs> doing work with LGBTQ communities. You can learn about that work on my website, kristinnolene.com. We never play the jingle that Jenny made for me, so why not give it a spin right now so you know how to spell my name. Kristen with an I N-O-E-L-I-N-E You can use that spelling to find me on various social media outlets as well. And Jenny, what about us? What about the team of us? Buffering, a rewatch adventure is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. And you can email us at hello at BufferingCast.com or write to the crystal ball at crystalball at BufferingCast.com. Please support the work that we do here. You can do that in a variety of ways, one of which is become a patron of ours. There's a lot of cool stuff happening over there, including we have just entered the season of Pumpkin Spike Autumn, where we are doing <gasps> some spike-themed Buffy watches, as well as a concert of songs by Jenny Owen Youngs herself, and a bonus pod where we talk about all of our spike feelings. Oh, yeah. Another great way to support us is by following the new uh, separate feeds of our shows. Jenny, you love to talk about this part. Yes, beautiful friends. We recently split out the X-Files and Doom 
boom coming into their own shiny new feeds. You can subscribe to those feeds to get just those shows. And most importantly, if you feel like it, if you like us, if you think we're cool and you're feeling generous with the stars and hearts and various signs of affection and approval that you can bestow upon podcasts in a review kind of context, mm -hmm. you can review our little pods on their fresh new feeds and uh, tell everybody what you think, especially if what you think is positive because mm -hmm. it helps people find the frigging podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, hearts, thumbs up, likes, or potatoes. We also take potatoes. We definitely take potatoes. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson, with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time, the, the God is out, out there. there. <laughs> you said potatoes. Yeah. We were the God. same. We want the same kind of vibe, just different angles on the play on pod. I went pod For potatoes. Sure. You went oh. god, god pod. I mean, yes, we did it. Okay, great. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.